0: like it's just one equation now for all these tiktokers it's like find something you're funny at and find a steroid connection and then go into professional boxing because what else do you have to do with your time because these (laughs) videos take like eight seconds to make but they're making money wait people are actually making money off this stuff yeah, yeah, they're making a ton of money. I don't know exactly how it works, which I, I wish I did, but I know like you can get a lot of money on TikTok. Hopefully this doesn't hit the wrong tune with anyone listening. <laughs> like I have a few friends and I'm happy for them. They seem happy and it's a great thing to do. But they'll start doing these like at home workouts, right? No. And I'll be like, that's great for you. And then a couple weeks in, you'll see this milkshake. <sighs> Kind of like appear on screen, Aww. and it's a beach body milkshake. And then that milkshake next, you know, the next couple of videos gets closer, and it gets closer, and it gets closer. And then all of a sudden, they're like <laughs> doing these dances with this milkshake, and they're like, you know, they're 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 doing these jumping jacks, and they're like trying to sell this milkshake. And they're like, oh, join my group, join my personal trainer group. And I'm like, weren't you just a medical assistant like two or three <laughs> weeks ago? I'm super happy that you're working out. But like I'm not about to like join your fitness journey when you were two to three weeks in and you were just a medical assistant. That's like me like saying, like, all right, well, I watch Goodwill Hunting a lot. (laughs) I've read some good books on psychology. Come join me in my meditative counseling. It's like it doesn't work like that. (laughs) Welcome to the Kevin Kevin (laughs) Peter. like one last note on this but like i had like a co-worker one time and you know she's very very great at what she does has very legitimate degrees and we're talking and, and she's just like you know i'm thinking about going and becoming an entrepreneur oh. entrepreneur pre-preneur.
1: entrepreneur
0: entrepreneur but her background it's like I believed her. I'm like, okay, she's got a very legitimate degree. Maybe she's gonna like start her own like consultative business and something. I'm like, that's awesome. She's like, yeah, I'm gonna get my own website. I'm gonna do mm-hmm. this and that. I'm like, that's awesome. You know, I'm super supportive of that. There's nothing that gets me going more than white cheddar popcorn, IPAs, and people just like going out and doing what they love. And I just love it. But she gets me so excited for her, man. I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> that's awesome. I'm going to use a fake meme. like, Becky, that is awesome. Like, let me follow your Instagram. Let me know if there's anything I can do. That sounds great for you. I'm so happy you're doing that. Two or three weeks later, I'm on her Instagram. And I'm like, let's see what she's doing. And I'm not knocking the products. I'm sure they're great. <laughs> but She's selling Avon type products. And I'm like, that's no.
1: not.
0: I'm sure they're great products, but like, <laughs> that's not being an entrepreneur.
1: <laughs> yeah, no liability here. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Welcome to the Kevin. 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 Kevin.
0: Kevin. Kevin.
1: Kevin welcome to the Kevin podcast episode 11 featuring Tony Bushwick Crisco and Kevin Angus
0: whenever I get the chance to connect with someone that I was a resident assistant with, feel like that's just like fraternity across everybody that like if you're even it doesn't i mean you were like resident assistants together in the same building yep So there's obviously like a certain bond there.
1: Absolutely. But
0: even when like you meet someone that was like a resident assistant, like a different college, it's just such an interesting role. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of good about it, a lot of bad about it. But I guess like the question I usually ask people, like when I reconnecting with them again, if say, you know, your child many, many years from now is in college and is ready thinking about becoming a resident assistant, what's your reaction to that?
1: I'd tell them it's probably a good thing. I think it was... There were definitely a lot of challenges. Like, there are certain aspects of my personality that if I look back on now, I was seeing kind of what types of jobs, what kind of tasks didn't didn't work for my brain, like things that I just had difficulty completing or whatever. Flash forward, I can see I tried to avoid jobs that put me in situations where I have to do things like that. Like for me personally, coordinating programs, it was honestly the hardest part of it. Like putting things together like that was so hard. But the community aspect of it, I felt like I had good discipline on my floor. I felt like I never had any issues with that. So I think that overall it was a really fun experience. I had a lot of fun doing it. So I'd tell them to definitely go for it because I think I had more fun doing it than I would have if I didn't do it kind of thing.
0: Yeah. My answer would probably be do it for a year and then reassess and think about living off campus because- That's smart too, yeah. I had the same thing. I had my first year doing it and I'm still like, Very good friends to a lot of people that were, like, was on the floor till this day. And then, I don't know if you remember this. And, like, they really were great people, too. Like, my second year came in, and what happened was on the floor I resided on is that all the residents, like, got to pick their floors from the year prior. Oh, yeah. So I had a floor full of sophomores but the issue was it's like they were all best and best of friends and it's like take you know you're a sophomore in college you're raging it's party time which you know uh, yep. you know me and you were partying as well behind closed doors
1: responsibly responsibly
0: yeah i mean that's absolutely
1: without a give obviously
0: it's somewhat responsibly for me uh for you i, I think yeah mostly and like you take all of them and you put them like next to each other and like i just had this floor that like i would not say i was like the strictest RA when it came to like being quiet and like cracking the whip, yeah. But I definitely wasn't the loosest, no, no, but I had a floor where it's like I could open my door and if I wanted to, I could just write up 35 people. And that, like, <laughs> I honestly rolled up like one or two people my whole entirety of being in the because it's like that's just not my I
1: hated that too,
0: yeah. Because it's like you're living on the like it's just the most unique job because it's like you're imagine, like, I'm in an apartment complex right now, I can't imagine. Going up to my next door neighbors on a Saturday night at 3.30 a.m., be like, hey, sorry, so uh, <laughs> it's past quiet hours. I've knocked my broom on your ceiling a couple times. And uh, now I'm going to have to confiscate your beer pong table, and I'm going to have to write you up. And when I write you up, absolutely nothing's going to happen, and you'll have to help me out with my bulletin board in two months. Oh. So, yeah, it's such a stressful year for me because I'm like in this pickle. And like I said, like, they honestly were great people. And I would tell them, like I know I don't blame you guys. Like If I was on the floor of all my best friends, like, I, I think it would cause a little bit. The topic, too. And there were definitely sometimes where they crossed the line a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then the management's response, you know, we sat down with them. It was my floor. That was a ridiculous jungle. It was another floor. And it was the same thing. It was like other RAs that were like, yeah, like we don't mind, like, to, you know, being that strict, authoritative figure. Yeah. But we're having an issue when it's 24 7 throughout the day. And I guess like management's solution was like, yeah, so we hear you. This floor is crazy. And another issue, too, it's like, it's very profitable, the college, to have those kids on campus.
1: Absolutely, yeah.
0: And I won't get into details of it, but there was, like, one situation where, like, honestly, only, like, one situation came out with this floor that I was truly, truly, like, I had the conversation with the residents, like, I'm just ridiculously disappointed in you and my views changed of you as, like, a person forever. That, there's one situation where this, with uh, this person, Completely crossed the line and I'm like there's no way that like this person can do what he did and stay in the building, the resident storm and housing or whatever—it wasn't even a thought to like kick this person out. It's like, oh well, Damn. all right, this is your one strike out of the—you know—that was a very unfortunate to me, and I don't have any hard feelings towards these people on my floor. It's just, you know, it was just a difficult hand I was dealt, and, and I've heard of from some other resident assistants even worse stories. And I mean, it worked out well in the end. Yeah, it's just a very interesting job and time in our lives. But you know, Kevin and I were part of like an RA fraternity. We made up. Oh my god, you're right. Yeah. There was just so many, like, you know, because you get close with, like, majority. Like, this is how, like, the resident assistants kind of went. Generally speaking, everybody was cool with each other. Mm -hmm. And you had the people... Like, I'm gonna make this into my livelihood, which you know, great for them. Yeah, I'm gonna make this into my livelihood. I'm gonna write up as much people as possible. Oh, yeah, and I'm gonna kind of, you know, be their friend. And you know, if I need to step in, I'll step in. I'm also trying to live my own college life. You know, like, this is you have to keep in mind that obviously I'm supposed to be a little bit of a role model, all that yeah. nonsense. I shouldn't say nonsense, but all that, all, you know, all that. Yeah, you know, you gotta live your life a little bit too. And I guess, like, is one thing I teeter back and forth on. Did I, did I have a great college experience? Yes. I think I sacrificed a little bit being an RA and, and not able to, had to triple check every time i walked into a house party, mm-hmm. you know? So that's what I stumble on. And I But of course, you know, there's situations that I've gotten into that were really, really serious. And you learn how to handle it on the fly. And you learn just how to be personable with people and, and talk to individuals. And you learn how to manage conflict. So, you know, there's great communication skills built there. Um, but I think kind of with like the bad and good, you know, that's why like, I feel like if I had a child, my answer would be do it for a year. But, you know, for the rest of it, definitely you know, live a little bit of your college experience.
1: Technically, I mean, that's actually what I ended up doing because I was only there for a year and a half, you know, before I transferred. So I did end up doing that same thing. So I think that I probably would add a similar caveat. And I feel like I definitely I hit it well. Like I tried to put on this air like I felt like I appeared like I would uphold rules, but I definitely looked the other way more often than not, just because It was a lot of work to write someone up. And that's what I would literally tell them, like, if I have to come back again, it is so much work for me to do to write you up. I really, really don't want to do it. Please don't make me do it. Please. Like, I would try to, like, reason with them in that kind of way. Like, I really don't want to do this. Please. And on occasion, you know, you got to drop the hammer when you got to drop the hammer. I don't know. I don't know if you remember. And this might may or may not be left in. But there was the, the incident, the worst incident I can remember from my last year, the last semester I was still there, where a guy pulled a gun. Yeah,
0: That's the guy I was talking about. Yeah.
1: Yep. 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 I, th- I had a feeling that's the one that's,
0: that's the guy I was talking.
1: and that was on me. That was on me
0: it was on you, oh my God. yeah. how does that person not get kicked out of campus? How, like how like how is the campus's response?
1: i I totally agree.
0: And I guess I mean, I you know we're not saying names here, but of course, I know for sure like that person was on her drugs. And not excusing that person's actions whatsoever. But, Mm -hmm. you know, I had pleasant experiences with that person. And I remember, like, that individual, like, kind of approached me about the situation. And I said, listen, man, there's things such as, like, drinking, smoking marijuana, partying, that for sure is a conversation that we can have about apologizing. The action that you're talking about i it's not something that like you like you should be in jail
1: yeah yeah i
0: don't know it'd be very interesting with like everything that's going on in the media today like if that occurred today like imagine in the news headline that you wake up tomorrow morning and it's student pulls a gun stays on campus which was accurately what happened yeah
1: that's literally what happened Yeah, I don't know if that would actually fly, and it wasn't even that long ago, or it doesn't feel like it was that long ago, I suppose, but I don't know. I I am a little bit surprised that, because I actually didn't know what happened to him in the end. Like, I kind of, I think I kind of just blocked it out, and uh, that was a weird semester anyway. (laughs) Uh, It was kind of a write-off as far as my brain was concerned. Uh, a A lot of weird shit. Yeah, I never actually knew what happened, how that situation resolved in the end because uh, i assumed that either he just would be moved or be removed from campus and i'm a little surprised to find out that neither happened
0: no, no neither happened.
1: i don't think i ever went down that hall again on call i probably avoided it but
0: no no that's people would tell me that people like would tell me like tony like i'm not i think all the staff wasn't going down like, i don't blame yeah you. i would literally like and we had a great hall director at the time And she's like, I don't know what to tell you other than, like, I can't believe that this is their response. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's money. Yeah. Our alma mater did good things. And I'm not, you know, by the purpose of, of my evening conversation is not to shit on them.
1: No, no. I hold very fond memories as well. Yeah.
0: Yes. I will say this if it's okay. There was one student. Keep in mind, we had a D3 hockey team that was competitive. Mm-hmm. For those that may not know, in interscholastic sports, there's D1. d one of those individuals that have a very good chance of going pro. There's D2, most famously, We Are Marshall, I believe it was a D2 school. Have you ever seen that movie? <laughs> good athletes. Maybe one or two may sneak in from Division II and become a solid pro. Then mm-hmm. you have D3. Which, you know, great athletes are there, of course, but very, 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 very unlikely they're gonna become a pro. Our college was good at hockey. I go to all the games, etc. Mm-hmm. A semester or two, plus or minus, this situation, a student sent out an email and he was like doing sports writing or journalism or something to the other hockey coaches in their division and asked for an opinion about the hockey coach and interactions they've had with them. And all he said in the email, and I'm going to butcher this a little bit because my dictionary is not as good as Kevin's, but it was something like, like, and he said it very professionally. He's like, please note that these opinions don't have to be favorable, meaning that like, oh, like, tell me the situation for what it was. Yeah, It may have been a different word than favorable, but I think like that's kind of what the gist of it was tried to kick this kid off campus. What? Like, you can look this up. Yeah, yeah, I will. Very legitimate. This happened. So I remember when this occurred and there was another organization that is for like students rights, just heard of this situation and stepped in and like fought for the student. Mm -hmm. When this happened, remember, I'm like, and slash coworker had a fucking gun pulled on him. The student, not only was like the student not like, you would think like, okay, one year suspension. Or never show up to school. He, he, he was still there. He was still there at the salad bar the next fucking day. And this guy mm-hmm. sent this email. And that's the response you're going to have. So, like again, our alma mater does do some things correct. But when it came to a couple situations, they didn't handle it correctly. And all I'm going mm-hmm. to say is... And, you know, this is actually going to be uh, considered the conspiracy podcast for The Kevin Podcast. Just kidding. (laughs) But all I'm saying is trace the money. Trace the money. Trace how much the hockey team brings into the community. Trace how much that kid was paying in residence.
1: You are listening to The Kevin Podcast. I never imagined myself working in an office. I never imagined myself doing the stuff I'm doing right now, but I've definitely accepted kind of what you were saying to an extent where since we're comfortable, like we know that we have the money right now, I work the job that I have so that I can afford to do certain things that I like to do as well. Like when I could still do it and when they were still functioning, I'd travel to New York City and do UCB improv classes. You know, that's like something that slowed down for sure once I had a kid, but I would still do it. Like I still had, I took additional classes even after my son was born and I was performing a ton locally, like in the, in the Albany area with a team that I'd kind of organized with people that have been on the show so far. So like work definitely became for me where I don't live to work, but I I work so that I can do other things that I really enjoy doing, like things that are comedy oriented, because it's hard to make anything comedy related into your career without like a ton of like hard, hard years where you don't get any recognition whatsoever. Like you have to really lay the groundwork, put in the time to, you know, hone your skills, get better. Like if you're doing stand up, you have to not only write the jokes, but you also have to go on stage, perform them, you know, figure out what works and what doesn't work because a joke can look great on paper, but bomb in front of an audience because the delivery is off. So I realized that the dreams I had like growing up of like being a comedian or of some capacity, having comedy being basically my career in some fashion, it's a little naive because I didn't realize how much work went into it. But now I just try to make it so that the job I have now gives me the opportunity to at least try to have that creative outlet still, because for me, it's definitely it's less about the fame, which it was when I was younger. Uh, whether it was kind of tongue in cheek or not, it was always a little bit about being the next big thing. But for now, it's kind of more of like just a kind of nice creative outlet a way to kind of scratch that itch in a way. I, I don't know if you have kind of that creative urges or an outlet similar like that. You mentioned that obviously you were trying to podcast as well. So I don't know if like yeah. if you've experienced or, or tested out, you know, any kind of comedy roots. I know we've kind of chatted about it, but I don't know if you've, you know, taken the plunge or done anything like that up to this point. Uh, yeah.
0: I hear you. And I feel like for me, it's like something I've been like trying to challenge myself. And like, I'm definitely not where I want to be. But like I, I at least have taken a couple steps forward. Just like, I 100% agree with you. Like you need to keep those creative juices flowing. So this year I've written now jokes. I've tried nice. a couple different podcasts. I 100% agree. It's like I'll tell people and I think they're terrible. I, 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 the jokes I've written, I think they're absolutely terrible. And I'll tell people like, <laughs> oh, you know, like, oh, you know, I'm thinking about like writing a joke, blah, blah, blah. And this is coming from me that like I am like if there was a thousand steps, I'm not step. I'm like a half step. Like I'm at the point where like the Statue of Liberty staircase, right? Yep. I'm just getting off the boat to Ellis Island to go to the Statue of Liberty. You know, that's where I am like, <laughs> steps of Or like I'm I'm like searching online for like the tickets that the boat over to Ellis Island. <laughs> I guess like what is daunting for me and something that I've can like consistently have had a, a little bit of a hard time doing is like mm-hmm. when I start something, I think I do a good job of being like, Okay, this is gonna be difficult, you need to keep at it yep like once i have mild success in something just like ah like i, I have a very short attention span mm, yeah like even at like previous jobs i'm, I'm like oh okay i'm pretty good this now. like what's next i just like can't keep up like if i like be like writing if i think i have like one or two good jokes i'll be like all right cool you know and like what's next and you just get into like these habits that are just like you know, so hard to break and I, I really just think i need to like get on stage and just fucking like i want to get on stage and i want people to like throw everything they possibly can at me so i can just bomb i'm drunk and i just need to like put my finger finger in the back of my mouth and puke in terms of uh <laughs> Going up on stage and just suck it's like i'm happy you brought this up because i feel like something that previously that like we would talk about it's like i feel like in terms of comedy like we had a few conversations about when we were like in in college together how people were starting to get offended by like jokes and Mm -hmm. like and i kind of have the approach of like it's one thing to have i'm gonna single somebody out i really don't like it's something to have, like, a Daniel Tosh type of comedy mm. where he just, like, yeah, it's not even well drawn out. It's not well thought about. He'll play a video, and then he'll just, like, make a jab about, like, a racial stereotype. And it's like, that's not, like, I understand why people would be upset about that. And I'm not even saying, like, I'm, I'm writing jokes that are in that realm. Of course. But what I am saying is, like, I think it is okay to write about things if they are well drawn out and applicable you know i think bill burr is a great representation of that he does a good job of like it's a very creative well drawn out joke
1: it's a great point because there is definitely a finesse to it like you can have two different comics say basically the same joke but be totally inappropriate in one context over another and i think it almost has to do with it's kind of like the intent behind the joke like are you Basically pointing out something that is genuinely funny and isn't like just kind of a targeted attack, like making fun of something in a way, like almost the spirit behind it. Like you can be like a kind of a quote unquote mean spirited comic where everything you say is like slightly edgy and you hate everything, but you can still do it in a way that even if people don't agree with your message, they see the intrinsic comedic value to it. I think that there's a place for those types of jokes for sure. And maybe the, I don't know if some of the people that are doing those inappropriate jokes are just bad comedians, uh, which is totally possible. In which case, how do they get where they are? They must tap into like this weird market That some people still want even though it's probably not like super appropriate. But for me it's always like there are jokes that I know I probably wouldn't make. But I don't mind if other people make those jokes. You know what I mean? Like even if it's not a joke I think I would ever write or say or leave on a podcast. It doesn't upset me if someone else can say that joke and does say it you know what i mean so it's a tough line it's definitely unique for each person but there is a right way to do it and i think that you know that that's the best you can hope for is that you have good intentions that's really what it comes down to i suppose
0: yeah i think it's like intentions bring out some fallacies of society
1: thank you for listening to the kevin podcast
0: i was thinking about this before we hopped on like I Feel like you and I have this unique friendship where it would be like, and I do feel like I have this with a lot of other yeah. parties in college together that we don't talk, we don't have to necessarily talk for and a half or whatever, however long it's been years, but it's like we talk. It's just it's a beautiful thing, like to have these friendships where uh, you don't need to, you know, write these pretend happy birthdays every year on their Facebook. You just know that
1: I totally, yeah, it's so unique, man. I totally agree. I don't know if it's something about how, like, you're RA's together you can you get to that level of friendship because of like the nature of the job or maybe uh, maybe we just met good people i don't know it's great oh
0: there's any other resident systems i still
1: talk to yeah there definitely are a few that i would have i wish i could have kept up with a little bit more but definitely you like I, I don't even have to think twice like i know that if we bumped into each other we chat just like we are right now like and the fact that we were able to start and just pick up exactly as we wanted to it just it says everything that it needs to say.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, unfortunately, there was one or two that I slept with, so that would be a little awkward. Oh yeah, well,
1: yeah, well, yeah, you know. I mean, it happens, though. You know, things get a little messy. Yeah, no, it happens. The only thing I'll say
0: about one, there's one RA that I dated. It was like, like I'm, I'm very happy for it, but like, if I'm gonna like your wedding photos and stuff, send me a like on like one of my. One of my brunch photos, you know. Oh yeah, I don't. For, yeah, yeah, yeah. Send the like a little bit. I'm very happy for you. Very happy for your husband. I hope you have a, sure, love, yeah. a lovely life together. And please, if you don't cut any part of the podcast, please don't cut this part out. <laughs> if you are listening, you know who you are. Uh, I've been very generous with my likes and my <laughs> congratulations on your social media posts. And I am supporting you, and I hope you have the most beautiful life. But you have not been fair. With your correspondence of likes towards my stuff, I am dating a a beautiful woman and we are going on Asheville a trip together. And I think that will be a great opportunity for you to reciprocate some of that like and support I've sent your way. I just wanted to utilize this opportunity.
1: We'll see if my audience reach ever gets there. I mean, I I hope that they're listening. And if they're not, you know, if they are even. Remember, write in. We want to talk to you <laughs> if you know who you are. Yeah, but, because if, if it's someone that I know, then it's then I'm right. Then yeah, no, yeah, you're
0: right. Yeah, you're right.
1: You're right, you're right. Okay, then I then I know, and I I don't disagree. I mean, just share the love. I mean,
0: yeah, you're doing well. I'm doing well. I'm so happy for you. Yeah, sure, sure. a beautiful wedding. I liked every single photo of it, and, and nothing in return. Yeah, share the love. And if you're thinking I like the photo in not the most supportive and loving way, that's not act.
1: Yeah, he did love it. He loved it on purpose, like purposefully. Yeah,
0: with good intentions. I just need a little bit of that mojo my way because I'm killing it at like too. He's killing it. This this guy does not get
1: enough people saying, you are killing it, king. And he is. This guy, this king, he's killing it. And he needs a little affirmation.
0: Let's just review what I did tonight. I shit on my alma mater, right? That's one. Oh, yeah. Killing it. I committed to, I think, at least two crimes. That's two.
1: Also killing it.
0: I admitted to having very little death. <laughs> um, I admitted to having a lot of flaws in my relationship (laughs) he's killing it luckily i have a great partner that's helping me out with that so that's that's at least four so i'm killing it
1: this guy right here you don't get this kind of honesty anywhere else this guy killing it so just fucking throw him some likes what are you playing at? okay
0: so if we could get this like highlighted yeah let's get this let's get this clean yeah yeah Please like some of my instagram posts come on like yours be like mine? We can be acquaintances. Come on, please. Happy I'm happy. Come on. It's just something. I'm taking the high road, right? And I just want you to take the high road with
1: me. That's it. Let's all go high road. It's not that hard. It's not that hard. I remember being decently friends with her too. She was a nice enough person. Come on, you're you're still nice. I'm,
0: saying, I'm glad you're doing
1: well. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, just keep killing it out there and share the love. Thanks for listening to the Kevin podcast. Goodbye! See you!